Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Good morning, y'all, and please be seated. I remember one time going on one of those cave tours in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I think it was with one of the youth groups that I took up for um, probably a mission week. And we followed the leader down into this damp, cold cave. The smell of earthly, earthy stone was all around us. At some point, the leader asked if we would like to experience complete darkness. And then the lighting went out. We had to light our way. Oh, let's see. I'm so sorry. I lost my place here. We, um, we had to experience complete darkness. And then the lighting that we had to light our way. There we go. That we had to light our way. It was gone in an instance. I'm not sure if he stood where there was a light switch or how it all happened. But I remember when the, when the lights went out and the complete darkness Uh, We held our hands up in front of our faces and could not even see the hand in front of us. It was so eerie and even a little bit scary. I remember happy I was to see the lights back on so we could make our way back out of that cold, damp cave. And when I think about blindness, I also think about Helen Keller who amongst other things was an American author and a disability rights activist. So brave and inspiring, even in her deafness and blindness, she once wrote a magazine article entitled, Three Days to See. In that article, she outlined what things she would like to see if she were granted just three days of sight. On the first day, she said she wanted to see her friends. And on the second day, she said she would spend that day seeing nature. And then the third day, she would spend in her home city of New York, watching the hustle and bustle of the city and the work day of the present. She concluded with these words. She said, I who am blind can give one hint to those who see. Use your eyes as if tomorrow it was stricken from you. As bad as blindness is in the 20th century today, or 21st actually, um, it's so much worse in Jesus's day. Today, a blind person at least has the hope of living a useful life with a proper training. Some of the most skilled and creative people in our society are blind. But in the first century Palestine, when Jesus lived, blindness meant that you would be subject to nothing but poverty. You would be reduced to begging for a living. You lived at the mercy and generosity of everybody else. Unless your particular kind of blindness was self-correcting, there was no hope for a future to see again. The skills that were necessary were still centuries beyond the medical knowledge that we have today. Little wonder then, 
that when one of the signs of the coming Messiah was that the blind should receive their sight. When Jesus announced his Messiahship, he claimed, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to recover sight to the blind. Today we hear the story of Bartimaeus. And the detail Mark gives us, we are able to sit on the roadside in Jericho with this bold, blind beggar. We also may may be able to see that Bartimaeus' story serves as a concluding bookend to the section of Mark's gospel that we've been reading Sunday after Sunday lately, where blindness serves as a unifying theme. Back in chapter 8, you might remember, Jesus remedies the man's blindness by applying spittle and laying on his hands in two different phases. And then in chapters 9 and 10, we encounter a different kind of blindness, a spiritual blindness among Jesus' closest followers, his own disciples who just don't get it. They cannot see the forest for the trees. Remember when Jesus proclaims that he will undergo suffering and rejection and death only to have Peter rebuke him? And then when Jesus announces that the Son of Man will be betrayed into human hands, at one time the disciples responded to Jesus with a debate about who was going to be the greatest. And then later on last week, James and John, when they hear Jesus talk about his death and how he was going to be abused, what did they say? They say, okay, Jesus, but can we sit on your right hand and your left hand in glory? They're spiritually blind. They just don't get it. With those images in mind, let's sit for a minute on this dusty roadside with Bartimaeus. A blind beggar who had nothing but a cloak on his body. As he sits, he begins to hear the rumblings that Jesus of Nazareth was near. Can you hear the excitement in his voice as he shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he was immediately shut down, told to be quiet. But when the people told him to be quiet, That made him even more passionate about meeting Jesus. I imagine him thinking, this is my chance to see. I'm going to not let those people ruin my chances. So he got even more loud. Son of David, have mercy on me. In other words, he was saying, Jesus, help me. And then Jesus heard him and he stopped and he said, Call him here. Bring him to me. And then in that moment, everything changed. Those who had just told him to be quiet are now excited for him. The excitement is palpable in their voices. Different versions of the Bible say different things. Take heart. Take courage. Cheer up. Get up. Get on your feet and go see Jesus. He is calling you. 
In his excitement, he throws off his cloak and he goes to Jesus and Jesus asks him a question that we have heard before. In fact, we just heard it last week. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus says, my teacher or Rabboni, let me see again. Did you hear it? My teacher, let me see again. Bartimaeus has claimed Jesus as his own, and he wants to see again, which says to us that perhaps he had not always been blind. He would probably agree with Helen Keller when she said, use your eyes as if tomorrow you were stricken blind. Jesus says, go, your faith has made you well. And in that moment, the darkness fell off Bartimaeus' eyes and he could see the light of the world standing right in front of him. The black turned into color. He could see his savior. He could see the blue skies overhead. He could see the ones who had just first told him to be quiet and then cheered for him to get up and go to see Jesus. For the first time in a long time, he could see all that had been made dark in his life was now full of color and life green trees and people walking, puffy clouds overhead, he could see it all. Not only did Bartimaeus gain his sight, the text tells us that he followed Jesus on the way, which is different than what the disciples did. When we look carefully at this exciting story, perhaps we can see that Bartimaeus provides for us a bit of a model for Christian discipleship. We see early on that when we see that early on when he goes to Jesus, that he threw off his cloak. Remember that? He threw off his cloak. It's reasonable to think that his cloak could have been his most treasured possession. It kept him warm through the cold nights, and it must have kept his little meager earnings that he learned as he was begging for food and for money. Perhaps it was even used as a pillow as he laid on the ground wondering where his next meal would come from. In his act of throwing off his cloak, we see the image of the one who leaves his former life behind. Following Jesus requires us to renounce that sinful desires that draw us away from the love of God. I, I wonder if there's any, anyone here that might need to leave something behind this morning. Is there something that you might need to renounce in your own life? I also think that the image of Bartimaeus must make us stop in our tracks and reflect on the life circumstances of the world's poor and destitute who call out continuously for mercy. What are your words or actions towards the socially and economically disadvantaged who live around you? Have you told them to be quiet or shut up 
Or do you help them up and send them to Jesus by your words and deeds? In the conversation between Bartimaeus and Jesus, Jesus asks, What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus says, My teacher, let me see again. Bartimaeus uses Rabboni as the title of honor. Perhaps he has comprehended that following Jesus will involve teaching and learning and understanding and seeing and hearing. And yet, in order to follow Jesus on the way, we must recognize what Jesus did for Bartimaeus on that day. Jesus heard the blind beggar on that dusty road in Jericho. He heard his cry and stopped to answer his cry. Jesus hears you too. Your cries for help do not fall on deaf ears. Jesus says, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. These last few months in my own life, I've had my own heavy burdens and have had to fully rely on God's amazing grace and mercy while singing amazing grace too many times that one person should sing in just a few months. Thankfully, God's message of forgiveness and redemption are possible even when, even when we are blind because because in Jesus' death and resurrection, we are delivered from our despair. In his death, Christ reveals that blindness of his followers and in his resurrection, Jesus gives his followers eyes to see the good news of God's ongoing reign. Pray with me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Amen.